You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 417, and I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. And I'm your co-host, Gemma Israf. Brittany, what's new? I feel like it's been a while since we've recorded one of these. It has been a while. There's been a lot changing in my world, but I did do something really ridiculous yesterday that I'd love to share with you. Please tell me about it. So I recently, and I've mentioned this on the podcast, I have signed up for the rowing team. And so I am going through the onboarding thing and I have a couple more weeks to go and then I'll get assigned to a team, which I'm super excited about. I'm ready for another team sport that won't break my body. And part of being on the rowing team is that you have to do a swim test. Yesterday, had to sign off work early and go to a local YMCA and fall into a pool fully clothed. I looked incredibly foolish. (laughs) Wait, you had to fall as part of the test? Yes. (laughs) I've never heard of that. It has to like mimic the idea that you're capsizing on a boat. You know, I live in the city of rivers, which are very aggressive rivers. And so if you were to fall, they have to make sure you're all right. But I went too far, Gemma. They're like, you need to wear like pants and like a long sleeve sweatshirt. I showed up in like a full on sweatsuit, which was definitely to my detriment because <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to swim in a sweatsuit. It, and also it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. And I'm foolish as well. I thought treading water was easy. (laughs) She's like, tread water for five minutes. I was like, no problem. And so I start treading and I was like, how long has it been? And she's like, 20 seconds. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Treading is all in the legs. I feel like that's what people get wrong. I totally agree. But one thing that she mentioned to me, so she was great. Like the lifeguard was super great. She was trying to distract me the whole time that I'm treading water, which I'm very grateful for. But she turned to me and she's like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, I'm a software developer. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend's a software developer and his job's really boring. So he's always looking for hobbies. Is that what you're doing here? (laughs) (laughs) No. It's a really funny (laughs) understanding of a software developer and hobbies. It's like your life doesn't need to be boring to explore hobbies. I totally agree. I think we're very lucky in the sense that as software developers, We do have the income typically to invest into hobbies, but I wouldn't say just because you're a software developer that automatically needs, you have to have this treasure trove of hobbies, but I think it's a good sign if you do. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of exploring lots of different interests and not just one. Um, At least that's what works for me personally. But as far as hobbies go, treading water in a full sweatsuit is a new one. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard of that hobby before. I love it because I'm nowhere near a screen, so I will take it. (laughs) Brittany, we're going to meet in person for the first time in two weeks now. Two weeks? Can you believe that? I cannot. Probably less by the time this comes out. Well, you've been doing a fair bit of traveling, so I know that a fraction of the Shopify team got together in London, so I would love to hear all about that trip because I'm admittedly super jealous. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so Shopify, since they're digital by design and doing this kind of everyone's remote way of working, they organize what they call bursts, which are a different word for a team retreat. So your team will meet up in one of these designated cities that they have for doing this. And so my bigger team, the Ruby and Rails infrastructure team at Shopify, which is 40 something people, I think, 
we all met up in London for a few days to get to know each other better and do a little work from there. It was so fun just being able to have some FaceTime with people who I see virtually all of the time. I want to ask a clarifying question. So is it the Ruby on Rails infrastructure team or is it the Ruby and Rails infrastructure team? You know what? I don't know which one I said. It could just be my poor enunciation. It is the Ruby and Rails infrastructure team. We are on the Ruby on Rails podcast. So it's basically both Ruby infrastructure and Rails infrastructure in one bigger team. Are those two separate teams or is there a lot of crossover that happens? There are a lot of folks who work on both who were kind of more senior or tenured within the software developing world and our team. And then there are folks like myself who just work on one. I've only spent a little bit of time in the UK and that was for Isle of Ruby, which is where I met Nick Schwaderer. And I want to take a chance to defend the British here. I'm curious, Gemma, like how was the food while you're over there? (laughs) (laughs) So I have a lot of family in the UK, so I've spent quite a bit of time visiting them there. I will say food is never the highlight of my trip to the UK, but I'm not a big foodie. I, I don't know what you do like it or you don't. You know what? I didn't get to experience it enough. So like having a full English breakfast in the UK is like definitely on my bucket list. I find beans at breakfast actually not the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Mm. So maybe it is for me. I don't know. It was really great getting to meet folks in person. I think I had been fortunate to meet some of them at RubyConf, and I know I'll see many more of them in Rails at RailsConf, but being able to just get to know them as people was, I think, really helpful for our working relationships. How was it structured? Were you all 40 of you in the same room? Were you actively working or were you just doing networking things? Like, how did that week work? Yeah, it was a bit of everything. So we were all staying in the same hotel and there was a room we would work from usually in the mornings. And that was mostly like a few presentations or something I really enjoyed was we did unconference style breakout sessions. So what that meant was we all wrote down different topics we were interested in discussing and we just would get together in different, I don't know, lounge areas within the hotel and talk about a topic. And that was one of the things we did that I think is really hard to replicate virtually. You could imagine if you had 40 some odd people in a Zoom room or a Google Meet or something and then sent them to breakout rooms on different topics. There would be people distracted. It would be kind of hard to fully engage, but it works really well in person. That was actually something that made me miss kind of the in-person interactions a little. And and so I hope we get to keep doing things like that. Me too. After going to Sin City Ruby, I didn't realize how much I'd been craving it. So I'm so excited to go to RailsConf and meet people and get to talk to people again in person. Obviously, we'll do this in a very safe way. And so before we get into that, I definitely want to shout out a PSA. If you're listening to this, and by the way, listeners, thank you so much for listening to the show. You don't know how much it means to us. Please go to the RailsConf website and read over the COVID policy because I want to make sure that when you go to register on day one, you are just let in easy peasy like butter. Right, Gemma? Yes. And in short, odds are you need a PCR test. So if you haven't taken care of pre-arranging that, I would highly recommend doing it. Well, speaking of day one, we will be hosting another conference podcast panel. And we are so lucky in the fact that you will be moderating again. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun if we actually recorded you and I planning what that panel is going to look like, because you have a lot of insights from what worked from the RubyConf panel. 
And of course, our editor is actively editing this episode. And so then he'll be editing that podcast. (laughs) So, Paul, we're doing you a solid as well. So, you know, what's coming down the pike. What's coming up? Yeah. So we're going to have more people on this one. We had five people at RubyConf in Denver on the panel. And here we'll have eight different podcast hosts, which I think will be a slightly different dynamic. I agree. Was the last time, was it more open-ended? Were you directing questions? What would you do from last time that you think would replicate well to this panel? Yeah. So last time I asked questions for half the time and then we opened it up to the audience for the second half. My favorite part was the audience questions. I think one thing I did badly or one area where there's room for improvement in the first part was a lot of questions I would get to every podcast host. And I think some of the questions were structured such that there were very similar answers. And so I think, at least as far as I'm thinking of the next one, if we do kind of half of questions that I come up with, I want to make sure that questions which could have kind of repetitive answers, we just go to one or two people so we can save more of the time and more of the conversation for questions or conversation topics where people might have kind of different experiences or opinions or things to say. I love that. And I think what could work well, too, is if you target a question to one particular panelist Mm -hmm. and then that panelist has the opportunity to say, this is my opinion, but I happen to know the fact that another panelist has a different opinion. So let me create space for them to answer as well. Yeah. What I thought worked really well was when the panelists got into a bit of a conversation on a topic. Mm -hmm. All controversial topics then (laughs) for the panel. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to plant a few controversial topics, Brittany? I'm all ears. (laughs) Ruby is dead. Ruby can't handle concurrency. Oh, goodness. There are just so many. I think all the panelists will just say Ruby is not dead. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Honey Badger is exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place and easily installed in your web app. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. I want to tell you about another awesome feature from our friends at Honey Badger. Have you ever wanted to update all your errors at once or set defaults for incoming errors? With Honey Badger Actions, you can do just that and a lot more. Actions come in two flavors, project actions and batch actions. With project actions, you can automatically assign errors to yourself or another team member, add tags to specific error classes and more. Batch actions are similar to project actions, but they can be applied to search results in the errors list. To dive into all things actions, head on over to honeybadger.io. So I thought we could maybe go through the panelists that are going to be there and then we could talk about whether or not we've met them already and what things we know about them that they'll be excited to talk about since they did give us some of the topics they're excited to discuss. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just for additional context for the listeners. So Brittany sent out a survey to folks who will be on the podcast. So they told us a little bit about what they want to talk about. So we have remote Ruby is very well represented. We'll have all three hosts, Chris, Jason and Andrew from that podcast. So Chris, Jason and Andrew. Chris said he had a very popular topic suggestion. He said he's open to talking about literally anything. So that should be easy enough. I agree. I haven't gotten the chance to meet Chris in person, so I'm excited to meet him at RailsConf. And when he says he's open to whatever, I genuinely believe that because he has his hands in so many different things. I feel like he's going to have an opinion based on whatever we're talking about. And 
especially around him expanding his business and bringing Colin on board. I think he's going to have a lot of interesting insights on that as well. So I'm excited to include him. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one thing I definitely want to ask Chris about that I know many broader members of the community are interested in is starting businesses on your own, kind of leaving the working as a software developer for a company or especially a bigger company and starting by yourself. Next, we have Jason, also from Remote Ruby. He says he's interested in talking about the community, connecting to listeners, which is, I think, something that I really want to try to get into. I feel like Remote Ruby has really been trying that lately. I think Andrew Mason's the one who controls their Twitter account, but I love the fact that they've been tweeting out ahead of recordings, like, what do you want us to talk about? And sometimes those threads are just very funny in itself. And I love the engagement from the listeners, but I feel the same. I want to engage more with the listeners. And so I'm excited to meet them in person, but I want this to be an ongoing thing as well. And so if there's anyone who deeply cares about the community, it's definitely Jason Charnes. And I love the fact that he wants to talk about Hanami as well, because we will be at RailsConf, but it would be remiss if we didn't mention all the progress that Hanami has made in the last year. Yeah, Hanami has definitely had an incredible resurgence. Are there any talks on Hanami? I don't actually know the answer to that. There is not. So typically, if there would have been a talk about Hanami, I feel bad because usually RubyConf is very specific to Ruby and then you can't do any Rails at RubyConf. But I don't know what the rules are around Hanami at RubyConf. That's a good question. At RailsConf, if anyone's looking for a talk idea for next year, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I feel like a talk kind of titled something along the lines of alternate options to Rails or what else you might use or things like that that gets into a few other frameworks would be really compelling. To be fair, I was the curator for the Make a Switch track. And so if someone had submitted a talk about switching from Rails to Hanami, I would have been very interested in picking that one. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Make a switch. I so had in my head as career switch, but it could be a, a framework switch, too. That's really totally. Well, the reason that I wanted to do make a switch was because I definitely have imposter syndrome, Gemma. So the two tracks that ended up making it was community content, which you know how much I care about that. And then make a switch because make a switch to me was more of a technical track. And so I was excited to bring on talks that were definitely going to be highly technical in nature. Mm. And so that was kind of my gist there. But you're right. I did get some talks submitted that were about career switching, but most of them were uh, definitely switching from a framework to another. Oh, cool. Yeah. I need to pay more attention to the schedule. I haven't looked through it thoroughly enough yet. Well, that moves us on to Andrew Mason, who I actually also got to meet in person at Sin City Ruby. And that is where I made my official declaration that I am the president of the Andrew Mason fan club. <laughs> Where's the membership sign up? Hey, maybe it's at the podcast panel. We'll just pass it around. <laughs> I'll pass around the clipboard as that sounds. I'll sign right up. So Andrew is also very vested in improving the community and starting your own podcast and getting feedback on the podcast as well. Andrew is one of the few people that I'm aware of, and I'm curious, Gemma, if you're one of them who listens to the podcast that he's on. I can't do it. Do you listen to the episodes you're on? I have a funny strategy, which is I kindly ask people around me, hi, everyone who's listening, to listen first and give me feedback and then I'll listen once I kind of I know what's coming and I know what it sounds like. So I'm grateful to have people in my life who will play that role for me. I love that. I think it's important if you want to improve and if you want to learn what your voice sounds like. 
I will make that a goal for myself this year to be better about listening to my own episodes. For sure. Yeah, it's most helpful for me to get feedback to the point about hearing from the community more. The issue is I get feedback only from people who know me really well. I rarely get feedback from people who don't know me. And so obviously they're clouded by knowing me in terms of what they say. And it's also usually people who aren't in the Ruby community, which makes it a little more difficult too. Well, you have a boss who listens to your episodes, which I think is incredibly cool. Yes, I'm incredibly grateful to him for so many things, but he always gives me thoughtful feedback on podcast episodes. I love that so much. So Andrew had mentioned about starting your own podcast. And let me just say this again, listeners, please start podcasts. We need more content out there. It doesn't have to be Ruby specific, though I would be grateful if it was just because we need to prove to the rest of the other communities we're out here. Ruby's not dead. We are making content. We're proud of it. But starting a podcast is not that hard. And Jason, Chris and Andrew will be giving a talk on day three about starting Remote Ruby. And I'm really hoping that people will go to that and be inspired. And Gemma, I'm hoping people will go to your workshop at RailsConf and be inspired to do their first conference talk. So like more community content, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, the community content track will be great. This was actually a line of questioning that came up in Denver when we did the podcast from audience members around how to start your own podcast. And I know since then, a few have started up. Yep. Drew Bragg is one of them, which I think is so awesome. And I think the way that Drew Bragg has gone about starting his podcast was really smart. There's a lot of podcasters out there that start with a very ambitious goal of like, I'm going to record episodes and I'm going to have them come out every week or twice a week. And the fact that he's starting out on a monthly basis, I think, is a really smart and attainable goal to start with. So that way you can kind of pace yourself, learn the equipment, get feedback from the community and be able to iterate correctly. And so I am really excited for Drew and I'm hoping that he got that inspiration from the podcast panel at RubyConf. Yeah, this was something that came up in Denver too, this concept of if you're releasing a weekly podcast, there's a lot of pressure to keep releasing it, even if that's just internal pressure. And someone asked for strategies of how to alleviate that pressure. One other suggestion was kind of banking up a few episodes before you get started so that you're always releasing a little bit behind and you have space if you're sick one week or away one week or one month or something like that. You can still release an episode without having to record through that. I couldn't agree more. And I will say two comments on that. First, I think that all new podcasts should have a bank of five episodes where you aren't getting feedback, where you just do what you think is going to be true to your form of content. So start with five and then you just release them and then you start getting that feedback and then iterating. Because I think the majority of podcasts don't make it past episode two. So if you start with five episodes, you've already beaten the majority of podcasts. So like that's the way to go. But also, Gemma, this podcast comes out on a weekly basis. There are times that I have gotten that weekly episode out on the skin of my teeth and that's okay. And sometimes, rarely, I don't have it in me. And so I take a break, as Mm -hmm. most podcasts do. And I think Mm -hmm. that we should allow that as well. Mm -hmm. This episode is also brought to you by Scout APM. Scout is an industry leader in application performance monitoring. This low overhead tool is designed to help Ruby developers find and fix performance issues. 
Scout's intuitive UI and tracing logic ties bottlenecks to specific lines of code and allows you to quickly pinpoint and resolve issues like N plus one queries, slow database queries, memory bloat, and more. Scout's unlimited seats and applications allow teams to collaborate without additional costs and makes it easy for any member of your team to become a performance pro. See for yourself why developers worldwide call Scout their best friend with a free 14-day trial, no credit card needed. As a special offer for Ruby on Rails listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. Learn more at scoutapm.com slash Ruby on Rails. And one other strategy is to do it in seasons. So yes. if you're like, oh, I'm going to release a new season of 10 episodes and then you give yourself a break and then you build up another season, I think that can work really well too. Well, speaking of new podcasts, we also will have Andrew Culver from Framework Friends that is also edited by Peachtree. And I think this will be episode number three where I've talked about how much I love Framework Friends. So I'm very eager to have Andrew on the panel. I know that his co-host, Aaron, is going to be present and will be asking a lot of listener questions around PHP versus Rails. So be ready for that, Gemma. (laughs) Andrew's had just like a lot going on recently with open sourcing Bullet Train. And so I think it'll be fun to dig into that. But he is also the same as Chris Oliver. He is game for whatever. And I truly believe that. Now, have you met Andrew Culver in person yet, Gemma? I have not. He is a ball of energy that I <laughs> wish to tap into during the panel. <laughs> Brittany, I have a feeling you will also be a ball of energy. <laughs> I'm the most extroverted introvert you've ever come on. <laughs> So that'll be fun. And then, of course, you know, our co-host Nick Schwader will be on the podcast as well. And I'm so excited to see Nick again. I just saw him at Sin City. He, of course, no surprise. I love that he is a niche that he has carved out for himself, but he wants to talk about the Ruby past, the Ruby future, and then the Ruby community in general. So I have a feeling that you'll be fielding a lot of community questions, Gemma. I really want to focus on this concept of community engagement and how, as podcast hosts, we can deliver content that the community is interested in hearing. Agreed. And then we have Robbie Russell. So I tried to get Robbie on the panel last time, but he wasn't able to make it to RubyCom. So I'm excited to have him on this time around. So he's the host of the Maintainable Software Podcast. So this is a podcast as well with Framework Friends that is not Ruby specific. Framework Friends is Rails versus Laravel. Now, Maintainable is really anything. And so Robbie is the maintainer of Oh My Z Shell and is the owner of Planet Argon, which is a Rails consultancy. So I think Robbie's going to have a really good insight about onboarding new developers to projects. And he's excited to talk about, no surprise, maintainability. Yeah. When I was in London, I saw a friend from university who also studied computer science in university with me. And one thing we were actually talking about was how little our university education prepared us for maintaining or working on projects that we didn't start. That's such a good point. I completely agree with you. And I was actually just talking to Mike about that as well, because he has a CS degree, but they didn't teach him that when he was going through school. You do a ton of greenfielding or a ton of like start this project and very little, which happens once in a while in the real world, but much more common is here's this huge code base go work on this feature, go fix this thing, go change something and kind of getting into a code base that already exists. And so I definitely want to talk to Robbie about that on the panel. I think that would be great. 
And then rounding out the panel is Colleen Schnettler, who I absolutely adore Colleen. We met at RubyConf in 2019 and we just saw each other at Sin City Ruby. She did an excellent talk on arrow querying and I give her a lot of credit. She's going to be on this podcast panel and then immediately afterwards we'll be giving a workshop. So day one is going to be big for Colleen. (laughs) (laughs) Big day. I know her through WMB.RB, the women non-binary Ruby community. She's been on a panel for us at that also. I love her podcast, which is Software Social. She's on another one as well. I'm pretty sure she doesn't sleep, but she's excited to talk about podcast logistics, expanding your luck surface area by podcasting, which I want to dig into what that means. Podcast burnout, which we briefly talked about, and then sponsorship, which kind of goes back to sustainability within community content, Gemma. I think that is a question in itself. So I think it'll be fun to dig into that as well. Yeah. I'm curious exactly what you mean by luck surface area. But my guess is this concept that in order to get lucky, you need to put yourself out there and say yes and take opportunities as they come. Yeah. The concept of if you have to buy the lottery ticket to win the lottery, almost not that this is about lottery at all, but you have to be active in making luck happen. I think that's maybe what she's talking about. What do you think? I think you're right. I think it is saying yes to things that might scare you and just happy to be at the right place at the right time. And in this case, the right place might be in someone's ears. Yeah. Interesting. So how by podcasting and by having folks listen to your work, they'll get to know you and get to know what you're about. Exactly. I mean, I've talked about this before, but I remember when I was learning how to code and I would be at a women who code meetup and someone would be talking about like a certain trick to do in Ruby. And I'm like, oh, my friend does that. It wasn't my friend, Gemma. It was a podcast that I was listening to. Like if you're listening to podcasts all the time, you start to feel like you know these people, which is incredibly cool because it opens such a door. And I think that's part of the reason I'm so excited about RailsConf is I really hope that lowers that barrier where people will come up to me and introduce themselves because they feel like they know me at least a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we had my brother, who's a product manager on this podcast a while ago, and he just had a job change. And he said the folks who hired him had Googled him and listened to the episode he was on and found that really valuable. And so just thinking about how uh, podcasts can also be a forum for any future employers to learn a little more about you. So much better than Facebook posts from 2012. (laughs) Yeah, no one loves those. So speaking of logistics, the room is going to be set up differently than last time at RubyConf. So correct me if I'm wrong. It was a big square at RubyConf, correct? So the listeners were sitting with the panelists? Yeah, it was a square with some like tacked on seating. We had a little overflow in the room. Okay. Well, we have a lot more seats this time around. And then the panelists will be on their own. So there'll be like a panel table with the eight panelists. You get your own special little moderator section. (laughs) (laughs) And then we actually have like row seating for the listeners. I think it's going to be important because we're actually recording our panel during lunch. So there's 20 minutes of lunch before we get started. And we definitely recommend like either eat your lunch quickly or feel free to bring it and not be terribly noisy. But we will be separated from everyone. So like we want to make it inclusive so that you can slowly eat your lunch. Come listen to the panel. We want to have people there. We want people asking questions. Yeah. Also, if you're listening to us right now and you're going to come listen to the live panel, please, please spend some time thinking of what you want to hear from us or or what questions you want to ask. We'll definitely 
open up for listener questions. That's the most fun part for me. It's rare that we get the opportunity to just talk to whatever listeners want to hear. Agreed. Now, do you want to do the same thing as last time where we have a microphone and then you're just repeating the questions? Like, how do you want to handle that part of it? Yeah. So I had mixed feelings about this last time because of COVID. I think it's probably really fun for listeners to actually be able to appear or not appear, I guess. I don't know what the word is, but make sound themselves on the podcast, right? To be able to listen to it and hear their own voices. But last time I was nervous about that from a COVID perspective, which is why I was repeating back. I think if there's a way we can safely set up a microphone for listeners to be able to come up and ask questions if they want, that would be great. I don't know the exact logistics there, though. Yeah, let me check into that and see if we can make that work. Worst case scenario, we'll have a microphone that they can at least speak into and then we'll repeat it into the podcast. But let's see if we can make that work. So I'll take that as homework, Gemma. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, getting this all set. I am so appreciative of the fact that you're going to moderate this podcast. I know you're going to smash it. (laughs) I am so excited to both be on the panel and excited to release it as an episode as well. Thanks. I'm excited to have you on the panel. I feel like it'll be a really fun crew that we have lined up and hopefully will be meaningful for everyone involved. Agreed. And you know what I'm not going to do? Tread water in a sweatsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't anybody ask. (laughs) All right. Have a good one, Gemma. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.